welcome back to the Karma of it all, where we give advice, guidance, and support to those going through and healing from toxic, karmic, and traumatic relationship situations. I, of course, am your host, Miss Complexity, and we are getting into today's subject. Come to me. Be sure to tune in for part two of Aaron Lee Burroughs' toxic workplace environment where he was a victim of a workplace shooting. He will definitely tell us all about his healing process and how work treated him throughout this shooting and thereafter. This is a story that you do not want to miss. This interview is very important for those of you who have been going through toxic workplace environment. So, a couple of years go by. I'm getting therapy, getting help. Um, and I'm running. I was a runner before the shooting, so I was using running as therapy. So I got back to where I could run a little. And I was running. Oh, let me back up. Okay. The first thing that happened was that I came out of my apartment one day and there was this bloody t-shirt, a bandana, and this wallet was opened up on my stoop of my apartment in a gated community. And I called the police department because it had blood. The shirt had blood all over it, wallet and everything. So the police comes and they pick up everything. The detective from that was investigating that case, he wants to talk to me. So I get a message. I call him back and I'm talking to him and he says, yeah, this was uh, a robbery, uh, murder robbery thing that took place at an AT&T store. And he was like, I was just calling you because I need to ask you some questions, you know, about the chain of evidence and all this stuff that they had to collect. So he's telling me about what happened. And He's it, it it was airy and I was like you I said this sound like this sound like the same thing that happened to me when I got shot at my job. He said, You got shot at your job. I said, Yeah, and I told him and he remembered hearing about that. Mm-hmm. And he says, Do you mind describing the guys? And I described them. And he said, you just described the three suspects that witnesses at this robbery shooting homicide described. 
And so is he said, what'd you say? Is this gang related then? I don't know. You don't know. So he says, um, you know what? He was like, this is too much of a coincidence. He said, I need to have you look at a, a photo lineup. So I'm like, fine. He asked for the information about uh, who's investigating my case. I tell him that I hadn't heard from anybody since the um, original detective had came out. I said, it took me two years to find out what my case was. I said, it's over in the organized crime unit. Well, the reason why my case was over in the organized crime unit was because it was filed under the RICO statute when a guy ordered somebody to kill me. Uh So if you're in the midst of a crime and you order somebody to kill, then that's a RICO organized crime uh, charge. So it went from just a regular uh, robbery homicide division to the organized crime unit. Oh, wow. So come to find out, it's pretty much the same guy. Now, I don't get it confirmation because they never show up to show me the picture. I get a call from the detective that I had been calling about my case that wouldn't call me. And so he's saying he's going to look into this and this and that. And I'm like, okay, so these guys, how did they find out where I live? One, two, I'm like, they're intimidating me because I'm trying to have these guys prosecuted. Well, come to find out that the organized crime unit of Houston Police Department has made a deal with these guys. But these guys still going around killing people and robbing. How you make a deal with killers like that? Well, you do know there are dirty cops and connections with the gang members to cause the problem in order for them to come in and be the heroes. You know how that works, right? Well, and then it gets worse. Oh, no. no. The detective tells me that he's meeting with the big wigs of my company and that I'm messing up everything for him. Wait, wait, wait. The detective said that you're messing up everything for him or was it the big wigs? No, the detective with the organized crime unit of HPD tells me that what happened to me is going to make his career and that I'm messing it up for him because I want the guys prosecuted. Wow. And he's meeting with the big wigs of my company because this isn't the only situation with them and my company. So the company knew about this situation before it even happened to me. 
So I don't know what happened, but I do know that the company is well aware of it because of what the uh, the detective told me. Mm-hmm. So when I call the other detective back about the photo lineup, he doesn't return my calls, doesn't answer my calls, doesn't anything. So now he then went silent on me. So I'm out running one day and the Holy Spirit tells me that when I cross the street ahead of me that somebody's going to try to kill me I need to fall to the ground and play dead. Now, I'm thinking at this point in time, I'm just overthinking things. I'm just like literally, I'm losing it. That's what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. I cross the street. This guy comes out from behind an electrical box, one of those big electrical boxes, and shoots. And I just fell to the ground and I played dead. I had my eyes open so I could see, but I wasn't blinking and I played dead. He runs up on me to shoot some more, but some people start looking out of the windows and running and yelling, so he scatters, jumps in his car, drives off. Plex to be here, and guess what? We are looking for you to be on the show. Do you want to share your triumphing story, your karmic situation? I know y'all tired of hearing about me and my story. So let's go ahead and get into some of you guys' stories. If you're interested in being on the show and sharing your karmic story and how you triumph over it, then by golly, hit that www.complexityonline.com or the link in the description or in the bio and connect request to be on the show. Until then, aha. This is... Now I get a description of him. Get a description of the car. I couldn't see the license plate. He didn't hit me, but he thought he did. Yeah, because he jumped to the ground real quick. So the, so the police come and an ambulance and they check me out to make sure I'm not hit or anything. I didn't feel any hot metal in me. But as you can imagine at this point in time, my PTSD is has just been triggered like no other. And I'm sitting up here telling these police officers that this was a hit on me. That this guy tried to murder me and I give them a description and everything. I tell them about the case and Houston and what happened and they take everything and they say they're going to follow up with it. I call the detective that's handling the case that happened to me with the company. Mm-hmm. And this is what I tell him. 
he calls me. He says, I'm at my daughter's birthday party. What do you want? I said, your goons tried to kill me again. He says, how do you know it was my guys? <laughs> well, you just told me. That's exactly what I said to him. You just told me. Wow. So, I give him the information from the police report and everything. And he says he's going to get back with me. Well, of course he doesn't get back with me. Two weeks later, I'm watching the news and it's this guy that gets shot and he he crawls into this Buffalo Wild Wings out in Katy, Texas mm-hmm. and collapse and dies. So the news station is there and they're doing a live scene shot report explaining what happened. I see the car and the hat that was on the guy that shot at me that I played dead. Hmm. Same car, the same hat. I called a detective that's investigating my case, supposed to be, that's meeting with the big wigs, and I tell him, Your guy that tried to kill me got killed in Katie. And I tell him where it was and everything. And he said, how do you know it's the same guy? I said, the car that was on the news that they showed was the same car. And I said, even the, even the hack that I described to the police and his description. It was the same cat. Now, you trying to tell me this is a coincidence? I said, I need to see his face. You need to show me a picture of the person that died. And I bet you it matches the persons that tried to shoot me. Well, I'm going to check into it and I'll call you back. Yes, we never heard from him. To this day, I haven't heard from him. Two weeks after that, on the news, they do a follow-up story, and they say that the police said that this uh, was a drug deal going bad, and if the public have any information, they need to call the police at such and such and such. I was like, wow. Yeah. I'm like, I'm on my own. And if you thought that that was the end of it, it wasn't. <laughs> oh, you gotta be kidding me. So there's more. And you and you stay and endure all this stuff. You yes. Stay and so people ask me, well, how come you didn't move? How come you didn't this? How come you didn't that? I said, I don't even know 
what's going on, how big this thing is, and who's all involved. I said, so it don't matter where I go. I don't know if the person that I meet walking next to me in the airport or at a restaurant, who they are. Exactly who they are, yeah. And so I'm leaving a Sunday. I'm leaving my apartment and I'm getting into my vehicle. This guy walks up and I'm, and I'm, by this time you can imagine my hypervigilance is if a cockroach coming at me, it's to kill me. So I'm watching this guy from a, as he walks up. And he says, excuse me, sir. He says it real loud. And he says, I'm looking for, and then he drops his voice. And I said, I can't hear you. He says, oh, I'm sorry. So he comes up a little bit closer. He does the same thing again. And I said, I cannot hear you. And he walks up a little bit closer. During this time, he has his hand, one of his hands behind his back. And I tell him, that's far enough. And I reach into my car like I got a gun. I don't have a gun, but he don't know I don't have a gun. Okay. And he said, well, I'm just looking for my friend in this, uh, her apartment just after listen. I said, what you can do is go back up there to the box at the front. And it has a layout of the numbers so that you'll know where you need to go. And there's a call box up there. I said, or call your friend on her cell phone. He says, but she's not answering. I said, well, then I can't help you. I said, but if you step one foot closer towards me, it's going to be a wrap. And I had my hand down because I, I got the door open. So I'm between my door and, and the truck. And so the guy looks at me and he said, all right, all right then, partner. I got you. We'll see you later. And he takes his left hand and he makes a gun with his finger and his thumb. Finally decided to go on that healing soul journey. Wonderful. Connect with your tribe. Play others who are healing. Get more information. Get more techniques. Find the people who've been through it just like you who are ready to heal. Join the Healing Souls membership at www.complexityonline.com. Just so happened, we're waiting for you. There was an HPD officer there already. He was doing a report. Well, I know the HPD officer, and he knows me because he knew of the situation that happened at my job. So he sees me. And he knows something's wrong. He asks me. And I tell him, they just tried to kill me again. He says, this is ridiculous. He said, the DA and the police, they, they need to get together and do something about this. He said, let me finish this report. 
and and I'll be right with you. So he finishes the report that he's working on. He opens up his laptop and he sits down. He, he types in my name and everything. And then he's just reading. This man shuts the laptop, gets up, walks out of the Starbucks, get in his cruiser, doesn't say a word to me, and never said anything to me since. He's just giving you like the the swept under the rug treatment. Like you are not worth our time right now. Like this is ridiculous. So after that, I had a friend at my church that was concerned about me. I get a call from him. He said, man, I'm concerned about you or what happened. He says, and I have a friend that's been on the force for a few decades. That's higher up in the, cha- in, the, uh, in, the, in the ranks. He said, I asked him to look into your situation and see what was happening. And he got back with me. He said, and this guy is pretty high up. Okay. He says, but your, he said, your, what happened to you, it's still. And he said, there's only a few people that can look at the file. Oh. He said, are you okay? And I told him, no. Right then and there, I realized that I had to start talking and telling anybody that would listen. Because the company I worked for, the police department, organized crime unit, and the DA, and the mayor's office, They got some organized crime stuff going on. And whatever I prevented that day was was something big. Mm -hmm. So everybody's on a hush-hush about it. You have to be quiet. They can't say nothing. It's like the fight club around here. And you're the one fighting. And just when you thought it couldn't get no worse, um, no. this company went and did the unthinkable. All right. So what's the big shebang here? What happened now? They went and interjected themselves into my child support custody with my daughter who was 13 at the time. They went and told her mom 
that I have been lying about the money that I have been making and that I owed her money from back child support. They told her that I made up the lie that I had been stopped. They even gave her a copy of the shooting to prove that I had not been shot. You know it had to be a doctor copy, right? No, definitely. I mean, I had surgery to remove a bullet. The police came up to the hospital to collect the bullet that they could get out of me. They had to have collected the bullet fragment from the hospital when I first went to the hospital that night. When the detective was up there. These people also told her that I was committing social security fraud. Because the state put me on disability. These people did not stop. They convinced her, gave her lawyers all this stuff, and was asking that I be arrested on federal charges. But you, I kid you not, I can't make this stuff up. And I tell people, this is public record. Fort Bend County, Texas. You can look it up for yourself. Anything related to me, you can look it up. I, you can't make this stuff up. And so I began to just tell my story because I realized that if I ended up dead, people needed to know that it was the company, HPD's Organized Crime Unit, and this gang or this organized crime, whoever it was, that I don't know who it is, because whatever happened when that other guy was supposed to kill me and he wasn't successful, they killed him. Yeah. He didn't get the job done, so he has to pay the cost. That's what it sounds like. So here I am in a situation where I'm dealing with killers and I'm trying to protect my daughter whose mother, for the only reason I can think of is money, is taking this bait with the company that I work with to do these things to me. And she didn't go get the, the proof, the information or nothing. She just took what they said and ran with it. No, they the company gave her what they considered proof to her attorney to come after me. I was going to court behind this stuff. I ended up getting it dismissed 
even the claim of the back child support, because that which was very easy about the back child support, because there was a court order to have my wages garnished directly that the company had to fill out what I made. So if the company sent the wrong amount of money, I'm not to blame, which they didn't. Half of my paycheck was being garnished, which is the legal limit. But what they thought they was going to do, they were slandering me. They said that I was, they were trying to make it look like I was just a disgruntled employee. I mean, they just, them and and HPD, Organized Crime Unit, and the Attorney General's Office, they're all in bed together. The Harris County Attorney's or District Attorney's Office, they play this game. Oh, the police haven't given us a case. The police... Oh, the DA don't want to take the charges. To me, they don't want to take the charges. This is attempted murders. It wasn't just me. They thought other people. I was just the one that got shot the work. So this guy came to murder people. If there were people that were hearing this story and they wanted to actually come in and try to help you get your justice, how can these people reach you and connect with you in order to help you? I'm online at The Running Servant. You can Google The Running Servant and connect with me. But more importantly, people need to contact the mayor's office for the city of Houston, the governor's office for the state of Texas, and the attorney general's office for the state of Texas. And they need to demand that an investigation be done to the Houston Police Department handling of my case, the attorney general's office handling of my case, and this company need to be held accountable for what they've done and exposed for what they've done with my daughter. Uh-huh. They do need to be held accountable. That is definitely. And here's the thing. Eight years about, it's going to be eight years come this November. Back then, stuff was swept under the rug. There wasn't that much accountability being asked for. But you think about what happened up in Maine at the bowling alley or any other shooting these days. People want accountability. The who, what, where, why, and when. You think about what happened in Uvalde with those kids at that school. People want accountability. Yeah. I've been trying to get accountability for eight years. What happened to me should have never happened. Where a company, the police, and the DA slander me knowingly know that people are trying to kill me and do nothing about it. 
And it wasn't until I started speaking out publicly where they left me alone. Yes. Because now more people are going to uh, gravitate toward that story to try to bring you justice. So, Aaron, um, we have run out of time. I am actually over the 60-minute break, but I would love to bring you back on if you would like to tell more of your story. And um, as I am going to be giving this story and some of my counterparts your name so they can go ahead and do another interview with you on their show so we can get you out to as many people as possible so that they know what is actually going on here. And I'm sure eventually somebody will come along and try to help Mr. Aaron get his justice because that is what is deserved here. Thank you. No problem, Aaron. I truly appreciate it. And there you have it. Thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of Doing Karma of It All, where we give advice, guidance, and support to those going through toxic, karmic, and traumatic relationship situations. First, I am your host, Miss Complexity. And as always, each one teach one remain true to you. Deuces!